Hi there, I'm Kathy Valatin, and this is the Good, the God, and the Ugly podcast, where we're talking about the good, the God, and the ugly moments of life. Life is just full of ups and downs, but there's a treasure to be found in every challenge. Join me as I talk with people that have impacted my life, those who have found a treasure in a challenge, or whom simply I just love and want you to meet. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Good, the God, and the Ugly podcast. And today, I am so privileged to have Libby Gordon joining me. Yay, thanks, Kathy. Oh, thank you for saying yes. Oh, my gosh, I feel spoiled to sit with you. Well, I'm the one that's spoiled. (laughs) Libby is a wife. She's a mom, and she has two littles. Mm -hmm. How old are they? Um, Two, nearly three, and nine months old is my my baby girl. And not only are you a mommy, but you're an online BSSM manager uh-huh, uh-huh. and a pastor at Bethel Church. Yes. You wear so many hats, Libby. <laughs> How do you do it? Um, I probably don't. <laughs> I get really good at asking for help and having boundaries and then maybe grace from the Lord. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. So today we're going to be talking about the good, the God, and the ugly of motherhood. I love that. Is there anything ugly about motherhood? Um, maybe my responses at times <laughs> or my own process. But other than that, um, no, it's beautiful. It's That's beautiful. what God's grace is all about. Mm-hmm. Grace for moms. Exactly. I know. Yes. So, well, before we jump into mm-hmm. um, our podcast today, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Because so, I noticed mm-hmm. that you have an accent. Oh, yeah. People are going to wonder... Where you are from. Totally. So, surprisingly, I was actually born in New Orleans, in Louisiana. Definitely not a New Orleans accent. It is not at all. And then grew up for a few years in Pasadena, and then my parents got separated. And so my mom, she's South African, um, she took my brother and I um, back to South Africa. How old were you? I was nearly seven years old. okay. Yeah, so super young, and then from around seven-ish until, gosh, into my 20s, I lived and was based in South Africa. And my husband is born and bred South African. So I can't, I've been here for nine years. I've been in the States for nine years. This accent is not going anywhere. (laughs) So that is where the accent's from. I have to ask you this question. Please do. So I know one of your babies, your little girl, is too old or too young to be talking. Totally. But... Moses uh-huh. is talking. He is so much. You heard him today. Does he have an accent? <laughs> he doesn't, I think, because he's not in school yet. And so the majority of the time he's with us, of course. So he ha- he has my accent. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, for you, so he, he has does, an accent. He d- I was yes. going to say, he has some... He has a strong South African accent because he's around mom and dad all the time. But I've noticed, I've picked up, or maybe return back to a few American pronunciations. So he says water uh, and tomato, where I would say tomato. But I think I want people to understand him, so I have intentionally taught him a few American pronunciations. <laughs> because if I'm in the Starbucks line and I ask for water, they tell me they don't have any. And I have to then put on an American accent and say, oh, no, sorry, I meant water. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll get We've you water. Got that. Yeah. So I was raised um, in South Africa from around seven years old um, and not from a Christian family, nominally Catholic. And I was about 
15 um, when Jesus revealed himself to me. And I had gone into a church, to a youth group with a friend at the time, cutting a long story short, and um, really felt the presence of God. I didn't know what it was. I called it goodness. I could feel this Mm. feeling of goodness around me and had a really radical salvation, turnaround moment. And then as I was walking out of church or the youth event, someone asked me, are you in a home group? And I had just encountered the Lord and this was so new to me and he was so real. And so I I didn't know what that was. I said, no, but can I join? (laughs) So without knowing in the same night, I signed myself up for uh, the local church home group too. And um, I was young, so... um, you, they would pick me up every Tuesday night, and and I think that was a huge part to play in my discipleship. And 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 since I was fifteen, just been radically in love with the Lord. And in our twenties, once we were married for three years, Richie and I, after being pastors and being really involved in the church in South Africa, came across to do our ministry school here. Yeah, BSSM, and then have been here for nine years. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Your story is a lot like my story. It is? Well, just, yeah, dating young and meeting the Lord young and having a radical salvation. Uh Oh, well. I mean, I thought I I was saved before when I was younger. Oh, you did? But I didn't know Jesus. Yes. Like, you know, there was a difference. Yes, and you and Chris were, uh, you found the Lord and the Jesus people. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, Jesus movement. Yeah. Yeah, which was, it was. That was quite a time. Yes. So how have you partnered with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis in your parenting? That's such a beautiful question. I think the first thing for me is I really struggled in the beginning of parenting because I had been used to spending maybe longer times with the Lord and I'm a little bit of an undercover nerd. I love reading and studying mm. the Bible mm-hmm. and I, I love to do that. I was a high school teacher before I pastored You English. were. I didn't uh-huh. know that. Yes. So that's kind of my leaning. I love to study and read and and I mean you just can't, even if All you want to when you have a newborn baby. Yeah. And and you are so obsessed with this cute little thing. And then also you are, you've never felt so, well, I anyway, let me talk about myself. I never <laughs> felt so exhausted in my life because I'm one of those people who love sleep. And so I me wasn't too. coping with the sleep deprivation mm. amazingly. And, and then I just realized, oh my gosh, I don't have the same time. And then I started to kind of feel this guilt set in, Kathy, that am I spending enough time with the Lord and now... You know, you overthink things mm-hmm. when you sleep deprived too. And mm-hmm. now I'm going to raise this beautiful little boy and more recently my daughter. And I, and their mom doesn't even spend time with Jesus. So <laughs> I actually was really impacted. There's a book. Um, it's called uh, Practicing the Presence of God. And it's by Brother Lawrence. It's oh, a really okay. small, thin book. And it's basically um, Brother Lawrence is it basically talks about how to encounter the presence of God. It's written, you know, decades ago uh-huh. in everyday life. So he was a monk who encountered the Lord mm-hmm. as he was gardening and whatever yeah. it is, washing the dishes. And that book changed my life, Kathy. And when I realized 
I had this religious mindset that exactly. if I didn't put in, you know, my jute box, my 10, whatever it is, 30 minutes or hour, my 10 coins in the jute box that I wouldn't get I can out totally from relate. I am yeah. so much like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm a creature of habit. Yeah. And you get me out of my routine and I'm like, ah, I don't know how to survive. I don't know how to, mm-hmm. you know, maneuver yeah. my way through life. Totally. And then you have a child yes. that's so demanding. And I've been praying for this. And we tried to have a baby for a year and a half. And I'd waited so long. And we wanted kids early. And us moving to the States pushed it back. So I'm mm-hmm. just so conflicted. Of I'd waited so long for this time. But now why do I feel like I'm guilty or I don't measure up? And so that book changed my life as a mom. I It really made, brought me even closer to the Lord where I realized... I had to really repent and lay down some of those mindsets that I can connect with the Holy Spirit. I can meet him when I am sleep deprived and, you know, maybe have the mom bun (laughs) and don't look super presentable and I'm exhausted. That moment is just as holy because the Holy Spirit is present there as when I have maybe this you know, in charismatic circles, uh, uh, this glamorous encounter and, you know, maybe the most amazing worship teams playing. And <sighs> and I just really had that stripping back and falling into truth. I think, I Libby, that's in. one of the most important things that a young mom can mm-hmm. realize is that mm-hmm. Jesus is everywhere. Yes. He's everywhere. Everywhere. When you're washing the dishes, yes. he's there. Yes. When you're watering yes. the garden, he's there. When you're changing diapers, he's there. Yes. And I think that was the, one of the most yeah. freeing things for me was mm-hmm. realizing that, mm-hmm. you know what? My life before my littles looked completely different than life after littles. It did. And yeah. Jesus loves me just as much. Just as much. Just, just as, as much, much, even though I'm not spending the hours in the Bible mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. hours on my knees mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's the enemy wants to come in and guilt ridden. Yes. He wants to heap on guilt upon, yes. especially new moms or first Mom moms. Guilt is real. Yes. It is real. And then you also have your own Christian guilt too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes, that I think connection with the Holy Spirit anywhere at any time changed my life. I, f- I feel more content now in my walk with the Lord than I did maybe when I would have shared more radical testimonies and mm-hmm. you know being doing mission work in Malawi and and, and we'll bring our kids into that and, and there'll be a season where I'll return to doing some of those things but yeah I I found the Lord now you know sitting on the concrete with my two-year-old <laughs> son following ants and That's you know awesome. they you know chase his hand and then yeah. I can hear the Holy Spirit speak to me and and I, I'm still pastoring and leading in this environment I you know, Lord, how do I prepare or steward this well? And well, He teaches us yeah. how to, you know, how to encounter Him in a yes. new, uh, in a new. Um, yes, I want to say new and improved. <laughs> I think but it was a, for me. A new, you know, mm-hmm. just in a new way. And yeah. so many times we think, you know, God's going to do this big grandiose thing to get mm-hmm. our attention. Mm-hmm. But I found so many times that it's in the mm-hmm. small little details, exactly. you know, the caterpillar crawling across the ground. Yes. The ants that you were just talking yes. about with Moses. Yes. I can remember um, I can remember somebody walking into our house one night and I was exhausted. My kids were probably ages six on mm-hmm. down, yeah. so you're running a lot. Mm-hmm. And this this man had the nerve to take his finger on top of my TV and it's when no. you had the older yes. He did not. He did. 
and he went like he drew a line and he looked at his finger and he said you haven't dusted in a while and i wanted i wanted no. to do something really bad to him oh my gosh i would have supported and you had i been there it took <laughs> everything that i could do oh. to hold my tongue back yes. but i said well either my children are going to get played with thank you god or the TV yes. is going to get dusted. Yes. And I think I chose the better of the two. Oh, my goodness. Yes. You need to write, write a sequel to your book. <laughs> we need, you know, the practical, the practicals of motherhood I or, or comebacks for moms. Yeah, because, you know, we, oh, gosh, we already have all this guilt in us for exactly. not, for not yes. doing what in our head we think we should do. Exactly. And then when we make that compromise, which ends up being the right choice, it does. The enemy no wants to regrets. come in and yes. slap us around, and 100%. it's like, don't let them. Yes, I remember in a very different situation, but it was a few weeks ago, and I teach Bible in our second year ministry school mm-hmm. here. And I remember I was jumping out of my car and going into class, and I was late, so I'd asked, I was feeding my daughter, mm. and I was running late, and I'd asked um, some of our interns to start the class, mm-hmm. and there was a young man who was sitting outside on the patio in front of church, and I'm sure he didn't mean anything by <laughs> it, but you know you feel extra sensitive, and he... Um, uh, and I said, oh, hi, you know, so-and-so, you are late for class, or, or why aren't you in class? And then he turned around and he looked at me and he said, well, you're late for your own class. Why should I be any earlier? One of our students that? Yes, but you know he's a young man and I've met with him and it was it was perfect. We you sorted it out. You don't have to make excuses for him, though. <laughs> no, no. You're doing your mom thing. Yeah, I'm doing my mom <laughs> You're thing. You're doing there your you mom go. thing. Live on this podcast. <laughs> Kathy is, is discipling me in motherhood. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I um and then I went into class and he and I was processing my head and and I was honest with the class and I just said, Oh, I just apologize. If you ever see me late for this class, it is not intentional and this morning when I came in late, my daughter was a bit fussy and I was feeding her and I said, you want me to teach the Bible to you today because I'm a Bible teacher who doesn't just teach you what's in the word, but my priority is the family and the children that God's given me. Go and you can Libby. trust me as a leader 10 times more because I'm late right now because I prioritized feeding my daughter instead of impressing all of yes. you. And and then oh we ministered out of it and it was goodness. such a powerful moment. But in that second, it took me a while to catch up. And then I realized, actually, this is the holiest thing I could be doing. This is the best example for them. Exactly. Where as ministers, as pastors, even as parents, that we are choosing our children and prioritizing them above giving a good impression of a leader as a pastor. I'm actually leading well. And I think it's really powerful what you're doing even on this podcast, Kathy. You're pulling back the curtain and talking about the realities of it. That actually, A, will set people free, but also it builds trust for you. Mm-hmm. As a leader, when I've watched or heard stories from Jay and Lauren or just heard how you have mothered and all your stories, I want to hear what you say about the Bible and about the Lord and because I, I, I see your journey and everything mm. that you've chosen and sacrificed. It's the most beautiful example. Oh, thank you. Truly. Wow. So <laughs> <laughs> 
after having your babies, did yes. you feel pressure to not lose yourself? I mean, you talked yeah. about before you had kids, mm-hmm. how you were always in the Bible and always reading mm-hmm. and spending time with God. Yes. Also watching Netflix at night, though, too, just to bring it real. <laughs> I love a good series. Yes. Oh, I mm-hmm. do, too. Let's mm-hmm. don't get started on okay, that one, we though. Won't, we won't. 24? Uh, yes, I definitely watch 24. I feel like <laughs> I'm I, doing it. <laughs> I deal with people's so much which of course you do too when i watch shows it either has to be super good if it's intense or it must be light-hearted or have nothing that the intensity i can't take all day and then at night too when i'm watching a show so (laughs) i watch maybe more comedies or um something like that but 24 is amazing oh 24 and blue bloods oh yes that's good okay i said i wasn't going to do this okay back back on so Feeling pressure not to lose yourself. Yes. yes. Do you feel like you've kind of gone somewhere in the middle now? Mm-hmm. Or do you feel like you're still swinging one way yeah. versus another? I'd say I'm still in the swinging process. Mm-hmm. I, with both my babies, with Moses, my son, I didn't realize it at the time, but I definitely had postpartum anxiety. And actually with Ella, who's my nine-month-old, mm-hmm. I then were, I was going for counseling at the time and was just super aware of the shock I kind of got physically, hormonally, mm-hmm. emotionally after Moses. But with Ella initially, um, I, I've got to a really beautiful place, I'd say a victory now, but I still have an increased amount of anxiety that I didn't have before kids. And I... With Ella, I definitely struggled with postpartum anxiety and depression. For Let's sure. talk a little bit more about that yeah. because I know there's so many moms mm-hmm. that that go through that. And I know I went through some mm-hmm. form of it. Yeah. Not as bad as what I hear from some women. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I can remember three days after I had my first baby, yeah. just holding her and looking down at her mm-hmm. and just bawling I ball yeah. I cried all day long because I kept thinking mm-hmm. here this little life is going to get chicken pox and yes. measles and yes. the flu and how am yes. I going to protect her from all that and it was just you know your whole totally. your mom switch is just through the roof through the roof protect and it's like her. protect protect now you know how the animals the moms yes. protect yes. they get so aggressive that instinctive yeah it just uh-huh. ki- it just kicks in mm-hmm. totally. so how how are you coping with that? Yeah. So Especially from, I guess, from maybe from the first time yes. to the second time. Because yes. the first time, everything was new. The second yes. time, you kind of had a, yes. yeah, an understanding. And, yeah, and I'd say I had let people in more. Um, the oh, that's really around. good. Yeah. So you they asked were for help? Able, um, I think because I really struggled with my first, I maybe... Um, spiritualized it or um, even maybe reframed it in quite a noble way. Mm. But then I had, you know, people who love me sit me down and who really knew me and I'd invited it into my space um, really share with me that this might feel like it's wisdom or you're protecting, but this is fear and this is actually anxiety. So with my son, I um, constantly had this thought um, and, and he did definitely struggle. We had to stay in the hospital, I think, five days after mm. he was born. Um, and 
uh, and there were issues with his digestive system and I couldn't eat a whole bunch and of things. And that was your first one. Yes, yeah. my first one, Moses, because he had reflux issues right. and then he was I remember on medication that. and all of that. And I think I was, I'm naturally very maternal. Kathy, I'm, I'm just naturally very loving. I love to care for people. So in my head, I think I thought, well, if I love the people I pastor so much or I love my friend so much, it's not even biological. I just thought motherhood for me would just be the most natural thing because I'm naturally protective and mm. loving <laughs> and I am quite patient um, I definitely have my flaws for sure, but those things come naturally to me. So I had this idea. I love kids, and I think a multiple things were at play. But definitely after I had Moses, I didn't expect the issues of health to be with him, and for us to be stuck in hospital for five days and doing all the tests. Mm-hmm. I think that really traumatized me, and I was in a little bit of a state of shock. Um, and then I think when I went home, feeding, um, breastfeeding, nursing wasn't super, uh, didn't happen supernatural. It wasn't supernatural. I needed supernatural help. I needed help. It wasn't natural at all, actually. I, um, he had a tongue and a lip tie and all these things. Um, and he had severe reflux. And so that wasn't natural. And so for me, I, you know, went to lactation consultants and then that's where the guilt came in that surely I should know how to feed my baby and if I knew this I could protect him just some thoughts that weren't normal and Mm. as I would go throughout the day I started having these reoccurring thoughts um and we can edit this out if you want to but I would have this reoccurring thought um uh to check on Moses because he was dead Mm. I would just have that thought and it would be it would violate any moment or any situation and just be recurring. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like no one else could hold him or put him down for a nap or look after him because if something went wrong when they were with him, it would have been my fault. Mm-hmm. And so it looked noble because I delayed going back to work. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want... Um, I said I didn't need help with anyone holding Mm -hmm. him. And actually, initially, from the outside, Kathy, everyone thought, oh, Libby is such an amazing mom. Mm -hmm. She just wants to be with her little boy. And I was preaching at conferences and I was traveling at the time and doing a lot of what people would see in our environment as, as a season of favor and things were happening. And originally, a lot of people thought, this is amazing. Libby is not feeling lured in by any of this. She's turning down every opportunity. She's She doesn't want to go out. She just wants to stay home with her son. But, but you're dying I was inside. crippled with anxiety, Kathy. Oh, yeah. Looking back, I just, I had this over, I had this illegitimate sense of responsibility I remember I one can of so relate to you, Libby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so. I hope you don't in my mind, my in my mind, yeah. I can okay. hear. Listen to Libby. Listen to what she's saying. <laughs> Even the yeah. negative thoughts. Yes. Because it's so easy for me to grab on to one of those negative yes. thoughts, and then to focus on it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, the enemy gets you every single time. Mm-hmm. Even over something good, like, oh, your yeah. baby needs you. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody else take care of your baby. The baby needs you. Mm-hmm. And the enemy yeah. just snags you. And 100%. Yeah. And then I had a friend of ours who has three boys. And her name's Marie. She's amazing. And she um, she said to me, Libby, it's been three months. Oh. This three months. 
you haven't even gone into a grocery store without your son or you haven't been away from him I wouldn't even let Rich put him down for a nap. I had to do everything. Mm. And my husband is so involved and so amazing. Mm. And he wants to do that. Yeah. But I was telling him, no. this." But it was coming from this place of I even thought if something happened with Rich that it would be my fault. So anyway. So how did you break that? She did. She did. This is what's so important is um, my husband is so incredible at including people and bringing them in. And he eventually said to me, babe, we, we, you actually, we need help. You need to tell people what you're thinking. And so your husband stepped in to take care of in. you. And Marie came in and she said, I'm taking Moses and you need to go for, you know, you need to go to Target or do to something go somewhere. like this. And I cried the whole way mm. in. But I knew in my head she has three boys. She's probably, she'll be, she could do this. I know her mm. boys are amazing. And so she eventually, you know, put him down for a nap and did all of that. And I came back. And that was one of the turning point moments where it felt like this curtain or this mm-hmm, kind of this blurriness veil, yeah. kind of broke off of me. And um, I reached out to a counselor I'd been going to before because I was processing and going through a lot of things from my past having kids and mm-hmm. the fears and, and, and those kind of things. And Rich reached out to her and she said, don't come into my office. She's amazing. Um, absolutely incredible woman. Her name's Cheryl Wilder. Um, she had worked with Jane Lyle yeah. a lot too. Yeah. And she said, I'm going to come into your home. She said, I need to look at you, Libby. I need to see you mm. and see your home and, and what's going on. And for um, three months, she came every Saturday morning to my house. Wow. And she would sit with me and we would process. And I realized a lot of things possibly I hadn't processed from my childhood and fears uh-huh. had kind of come up because now I had this baby yeah. and things that might have happened to me. I had a fear would happen to my child. And it had nothing to do with my son. It had everything to do you with you know my journey mm-hmm. and then just making sure I was doing simple things like going into uh, seeing sunlight, going for a walk once a day. It was like I was rebuilding my life again, really. Um, practical things. I had to change my clothes and have a shower once a day. It sounds crazy <laughs> and maybe embarrassing potentially, but to get out of that place, those are some really significant things. And then each day, my friends went on rotation and they would come and visit me at the house. And then slowly I started realizing that this wasn't noble, that it was fear and anxiety. And um, and then with Ella, I had a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. I, my counselor saw me the day I got home from the hospital. I was aware of it. I was letting the Lord into those moments too. I had friends in my house and I talked about it. Whatever thoughts I had, as crazy as they sounded, I had to say out loud. That is so, that is so important. Yes. So important. And the fact that you surrounded yourself with people, especially the round two. Yes. Yes. Leslie Crandall, one of the leaders here, and and she was one of my first pastors. Once a week she lived, she's my neighbor. She would drive past Mm. and she, I think one even cleaned my bathroom and oh. and she would help me fold clothes and just talk to me and uh-huh. in those early early stages just having people in almost in a healthy way invade your space yeah. and kind of bring some light in and that was really really powerful wow yeah well, I so appreciate you being so open, oh, yeah. open and honest and transparent. Of course, yeah, it's going to help. I think we so have many. to as as moms and women and just talk about it and people once I think you see it happens with 
a lot of people Mm -hmm. it breaks that shame and I think if you could get free from that a lot quicker than you would have then that's just a gift Mm -hmm. oh it is well thanks once Mm -hmm. again for being on my podcast I so appreciate and love you yeah and your husband your family and what you bring to our environment is just precious 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 thanks Kathy thanks for having For more free resources, you can visit my website at kathyvallotton.com. And until next time, have a great day. Beautiful.